All right, hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Your List, My Command. And in this episode, I, your host Dave, am making my co-host Derek watch a classic of a very specific genre. A genre that I don't like very much. Anime. Uh, I've been like on the record that I fucking hate anime, uh, which is a little bit of an exaggeration. There are five or six anime films that I've really liked, um, but the stylistic choices are definitely very specific. Um, but what about you, Derek? Do you have any like background with with this genre at all? Have you seen anything that would qualify as anime, or is this like kind of a brand new thing for you in total? Um, I'm one of those on the fringe kind of folks when it mm-hmm. comes to anime in general. Uh, I have a lot of friends, um, historically that were really into that. And it, for me, it was always like, I could kind of from a distance, kind of like poke at it. Um, I was mm. never, you know, like the Dragon Ball Z, right? Like that's, that's where a lot of folks with, you know, in my age range really got into that specific genre. Um, a lot of white nerds. Yeah. yeah a lot of white nerds. And, um, for me, it was, um, something that I've just never delved that deeply into think um tangible teddy um you know he's he kind of records with us uh, on some of these various podcasts uh he and i used to live together and he had gotten me into the the nickelodeon show avatar um which oh yeah. I, absolutely, I guess that counts yeah it's very good yeah yeah absolutely yeah. um and that was kind of my first real foray into that material and uh, i loved it um love that legend of Korra, that kind of uh, stuff but mm-hmm. you know when we're talking about like i guess the, the pure anime um the you know like vampire hunter d like some of that that stuff mm-hmm. that uh, was around way to pick one of the very few other animes that i go. like well done well done exactly yes. <laughs> that's the only other one that i can name off the top of my head so uh, if that tells you anything uh you know there you go so, it, so we're both experts is what you're saying absolutely like, if anyone should be better. talking no if anyone should be talking about Akira I think it would be you and I and so uh, <laughs> you know with this film here's the interesting thing about it um, despite everything that I just kind of said about not really being that invested in this genre uh, Akira I don't know if it was because of the, the cover art or what it was growing up it was for me oh man I have to see that like mm-hmm. I have I have to see Akira um, I don't what know what happened I thought, uh, well, you know, kind of like the entire premise of our show. It was one of those, and I'll get around to that eventually. Uh-huh. Um, I did start watching it uh, one time years ago, and I think it was like the first five minutes into it and was kind of disappointed. Um, and mm, it was one of those, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it just wasn't that, that it wasn't, mm. you know, that opener didn't really grab me and I turned it off and it was, it was a, I'll get back to this one day. I know it's good. It has to be good. Everyone says it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and so, you know, once you picked it, uh, mm-hmm. carved out the time this past week, uh, and decided, you know, I'm already going to look up, uh, prints, uh, for, for Akira to have on my walks. I know I'm going to love this movie. So we'll talk about All right. that so impression we'll, here. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, so the movie, as Derek mentioned, we're talking about is the anime classic Akira. So a little background as far as me in this movie. I think I watched this for the first time. I was probably a freshman in high school um, hmm. when I first watched this. 
Um, and this is this is one of those, you know, in a lot of ways, this feels like a, a movie you would watch in high school over and over and yes. over again. Yes. It, strangely enough, the, the movie, it reminds me of the most, not in kind of stylistic choices or anything about the movie, but just about the experience of it, is something like Donnie Darko. Uh, hmm. I think it's a movie that feels deeper than it is, right? And when you right. watch it, it's very easy to get obsessed with it, especially at a young age. And I realized, I don't know if there's a way I can say this without incriminating myself, uh, but this may be the first time I've watched this without the aid of any substances. Because <laughs> uh, this is, honestly, if you were like a teenager who's first experimenting with weed, this is the perfect fucking movie yep. to watch under the influence. And I, you know, I you know wrote a little letterbox review and it kind of like solidifies my thoughts on it, which is like, does a movie have to be good or is it not enough for it to be fucking badass and cool? And that's mm. kind of what I think about this is I don't think this movie makes any sense at all. I don't think any of it really comes together, but some of the visuals are just so awesome that it like that. It, I guess it carries it enough for me where okay. it's for me, it's a movie that would be great to just kind of have on in the background at kind of any time because it's got like cool visuals. And yeah, I'm sure you can get stuff out of it if you're really, really paying attention. But like, does any of it end up really mattering in the end or is it just fucking cool? Is it just like cool kids on fucking motorcycles and, you know, uh, moving things with your mind and a bunch of fucking violence at the end? Like, what else do you fucking need? A plot. <laughs> a plot. No, nice. no, no, no. You are looking at this at the completely wrong angle. That's See, this right. is what I I'm mean. bringing the hammer down. <laughs> That's right. So, I... so let's get to it, Derek. What did, like, generally, what did you think of Akira? I think you set me up for failure. Uh, I think that's what happened. I actually, in the rarest of cases, came across your Akira review uh, before I hit play, like five minutes before. And, uh, you know, what stuck with me was the, like, you know, badass part. I'm like, oh, yes, Dave is speaking my language. This is exactly what I'm expecting. I love you ignored the first part, which basically insinuated that it's not a good movie. <laughs> You're just like, okay, whatever. I was like, it's going to be cool enough that it will you know, make up for, for any of the you know the conventional expectations that we would have with the film. So, And I know you generally hate animated things, so I was like, mm -hmm. he's going to be harsh, but he still thinks it's cool. And I go into <laughs> it, um, and I'll be honest, there were multiple times I had to just hit pause and my wife would be coming in and out of the room and I would just be shaking my head and she'd say, well, <laughs> I can she, just picture this. Yeah. Like you just ruefully shaking your head at the screen. Like, I can't believe I agreed to this stupid fucking podcast. <laughs> Pretty spot on. That is, that's almost verbatim. She would say, what's, what's wrong? And she, at, by like time number five, she knew what was wrong. Cause I kept saying the same thing. It was, I know I'm supposed to like this. Like, I know I'm supposed to like this. I want to enjoy this experience, but there are so many things about it that I just doesn't make any sense to me. And mm -hmm. I, you know, the things that I think that I would latch onto are things that at my age now, I can't, if that makes sense. And yes. that's kind of what you 100 percent, because as I was watching this, I was so I'm not just I'm not gonna, probably not going to disagree with a single thing you say on this episode, like. Smart, I, smart man. I, no, that's never that's never the case. <laughs> um, so it's like I both agree with you and disagree, and it's because I watched it when I was a teenager, right? So I still have that image of it in my head and that emotion attached to it. But if I watch this for the first time in my 30s or 40s, it's much like we've talked about this, like not on the podcast, but in general, this is my reaction to Lost Boys, 
right? Yes. Had, yeah. I, had I watched that when I was a teenager, I'd be like, this is so cool. But I watched it in my, like, my late 20s, early 30s, and I was like, this is really stupid. Mm. Why do you all like this? Uh, and I assume that that is your experience of Akira, is like questioning everyone who enjoys this. Yes, and I was I was mad at myself, honestly, because I knew that you if your it, shot, man. I missed my shot. And and some films are just like that, right? And I think uh-huh. we do ourselves a disservice if you know, if my if my general takeaway would be that this film sucked, right? Or that it's not fun or it's not engaging or it's not cool or badass. That was, you know, the word that you used. It, it it's all of those things. If I were watching this either A, in 1988 when the film came out, or B, at, you know, the age of 16 years old, right? And none of those things happened. And so instead, I don't have Mm -hmm. this nostalgia. I don't necessarily have the, you know, the the kind of ingrained appreciation even for the art style that was ahead of its time Mm -hmm. in 1988. Um, yes. Look how far we've yep. come, you know, from from that particular point to where that animation is fine, but it's nothing mm-hmm. that's earth shattering in the lens of someone that's seen everything since then. And so, right. I don't want to treat this film or or you know have those optics. At the same time, this is how I'm watching the film, and so mm-hmm. you know a lot of those things I didn't even really have a, a certain level of, of investment, right? Like I even was I was hopping online. I even typed in, uh, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this, like, um, is uh, essentially why don't I like Akira? And shockingly enough, uh, that pinged a lot of web results of other folks that were kind of echoing the same sentiment. Like, what am I missing with this really apparently badass movie that I just can't get into? it? And, you know, some of the responses would be like uh, having specific gifts of uh, certain scenes that would depict the level of effort and articulation and drawing right. some of these, you know, specific spots in the film and how cool that is. Right. And I understood mm-hmm. that, but that didn't change. And I, I, I was actually looking this up like during the film that if that tells you anything, why am I looking these things up to try yeah. to be invested? Usually not a good sign. It's yeah. not a good mm-hmm. sign. And so my takeaway then was, Oh, that is cool. And, and then I still pause and go out of the room for 20 minutes just, because I need a right. break from green people with telekinesis that, um, and I think that's the other thing that, that, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to think in my mind that I have a certain level of, of a, of a cultured nature about me where I can have an appreciation for various art styles, um, that exists outside of just my normal scope. Like we were talking mm-hmm. about with, with, um, anime in general. But then, you know, you can delve into some of those themes that, that often are utilized in this, genre that really speak to um you know the culture of the country itself um mm-hmm. kind of that post-apocalyptic stuff some of the you know the 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 periods post hiroshima and nagasaki and those things aren't as um you know outside of of the scope of like normalcy right like they can push the the genre a little bit yes. more so mm-hmm. than than what we tend to do and so does that take me out of it as well Right. Like if, I, mm-hmm. if I'm a kid growing up in 1988, I see this for the first time and I'm, I'm in Japan. I'm probably looking at this quite differently. I don't just mm-hmm. have to be, you know, a drug addict like you to really, um, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like That's the, me. That's no, right. no, yep. hey, didn't even change the face. Right. For people that you know can't see this. Dave was like, yes, nope. that, that is me. Man, I'm from yeah. California. Weed's legal there. <laughs> like, come on, man. That doesn't sure. even count. It's not a real drug. <laughs> So you're saying yeah. the rewatch was different, though, at least in yeah. some regard. 
so it's it's different in a couple ways. One of the things I I really like about podcasting in general um, with people that I'm friends with. Uh, sadly, you are included in that. My, my condolences. <laughs> Sad for me or you? All that <laughs> for you, for you, for you. Uh, um, is that while I'm watching a movie for a podcast that I know I'm going to talk about with that person, I have like there's kind of this parallel processing going on, right? Like I'm watching it and I'm having my own enjoyment or not of it, and then I'm also right. thinking like I wonder what Derek's thinking right now as this is happening, right? All I kept thinking is like. Man, there's no fucking way Derek's going to like Like, there's, there's no way. And I'm having that not because of anything about you. Um, mm. Whereas, like, what we did, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Yes, I still remember That's uh, incredible. the entire title. Um, I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah, Derek's going to have trouble with this. And it's because of what I know of you as far as your film watching. Like, there's mm. going to be things that are going to be a leap for you. Uh, right. But this one was more because I was, like, putting myself in the perspective of someone watching this for the first time as a damn grown adult and not as a teenager. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is this is rough. Like, there's some... You know, there's some acting, like voice acting choices that are rough. There's some animation stuff that doesn't quite work anymore. As you said, for the time, incredible. And right. I think I'd read it was like the most expensive animated film ever made um, at the at the time it was created. And you can watch it even now and still understand that, like you can see, oh, that, this makes sense. This is there's a grandiosity about it, right? Like that yes. makes sense. It is. It is big and bold, and I think I mean I think the best parts of the movie are you know the you know the animation of the motorcycles. I think that stuff hmm. really really works. Though it's got like it's got to get a, a bit of anime and a bit of Tron kind of mixed in with it, right. like with a little the bit way of cyberpunk kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that stuff I think still really works. And uh, but the rest of the movie is. I think it's designed, and this is why, like, I'm half joking about the under the influence thing, but all the scenes where, you know, the kind of giant stuffed animal pieces are all coming together, mm. like, it's designed to be a WTF moment, right? Right. I don't think it's really designed to make sense or be extra cool, but it is designed to make you go, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, I right. don't understand. And you, like, fighting to put it all together and even till the the very end of the movie when you know apparently he becomes i don't know part of some other cosmos or something and it's just it's designed to be that moment where you're like whoa mm. that's fucking crazy dude and like right. but it doesn't hold any water right, right. It, for me at least and maybe other people who have really like delved into this and read the manga and all that stuff know more about it than i do but i watch it like just as a film watcher not having any of that context and i'm just like uh, well, the laser gun was cool. I mm. like that. Yeah. I like some of the fight sequences. I like the violence. I like the, you know, essentially what amounts to car chases. I wasn't a big fan of the supposed romantic relationship in this, like this random woman who is kind of thrown into the, like this kind of undercover type agent that is thrown into all this. Like none of that stuff really works for me. And it's like, I find myself just like, I feel like for most of the movie, I'm it, much like a much like a silly action movie, I feel like I'm treading water, right? Mm. Where I'm like, okay, when do we get to the next cool shit? Yes. Like, can we, we, and you just got to kind of hold on for another 15, 20 minutes. And then another cool thing happens and you're like, oh, I get why people like this. But it doesn't really flow together very well. And I, I think my biggest complaint about this movie is I don't, I don't really care about any of these characters. Like whether they live or die doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't make an impact. Yeah. <clears throat> A couple of things that you had mentioned that that kind of I guess of note, right? Um, 
when you said, you know, you're kind of giving a description of some of the things that happened in the film and, you know, even the end when he becomes this, I don't know thing, blah, 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 blah. If you've seen the movie a couple of times, um, usually you're able to kind of speak on it with a certain level of specificity of what's happened. And this isn't a knock <laughs> at you. It's a knock at the movie, yep. right? right? Like it's, it, right. it's like, I think this thing is maybe part of a dreamscape. Wait, no, it is something <laughs> becoming something else. And right. I don't, it's another dimension. I, yeah. I, I like <laughs> a, Akira is um, like, you have those moments and, you know, yeah, has that happened to me after a singular watch of a film? Sure. But after a second or tertiary? No. Right? Like, at yeah. that point, I know what's going on. And I, I get the sense that I could watch this a couple of times and not know what's going on. I the even read is, the Wikipedia, like, description. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what happened. I don't, sure. Mm, mm. I even uh, devoted myself to attempt to watch it a second time. Oh, um, Jerry. Last night. <laughs> I started it. Now, I started it. I said an attempt. That means I did not complete. I started it, and I was like, yeah, I can't do this again. I'm just... Uh, like, Dave, I can only go so far. Yeah, this is, I watched this it is my limit. I watched it dubbed the first time, and I thought, maybe yep. that's that's the disconnect, right? Like, oh, the, interesting. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I, I need to watch it um, as it was expected to be presented. It was almost like a Ghost of Tsushima kind of thing, where, you know, you mm. can kind of go in and out of, like, the Kurosawa mode. I was like, maybe I need sure. to watch this how the, the you know, how, how the director envisioned me to kind of consume this. Sure. And that didn't change anything, obviously. Yeah, that didn't I got, help. It, it, that it didn't, didn't help, help at, at all. I think another thing that the film would have won me on had I been 17 or 18 uh, would be the tough talking kids, right? Like oh, the fact yeah. that you yeah. are a teenager who's kind of, uh, you know, anti uh, authority and, you know, they, they curse and they smoke and they do all these adult like things. And if I'm that age, I think that's, you know, that's pretty cool. As someone who's 33 years old, I'm like, Oh God, someone needs to you know, discipline these children. Like where, I... where are your parents at? You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I remember feeling like that was cool when I was a teenager watching this. And I kind of felt the opposite this time where I wish they would have gone further um, because they're still like they're they're like almost too childish, even for their Hmm. age. Where it's like, yeah, you can kind of, and some of that's the dubbing. You can hear kind of the voice cracking and all that kind of stuff. And they're they're trying to set uh, Canada apart from Tetsuo. Right, like Tetsuo is the younger one, right. and he's much more of a child, and he looks up um, to Canada. And I just, I just kept watching this, feeling like I actually wish that they were rougher. Uh, I oh. wish they were tougher kids, because like it just, it, it's in this weird middle ground that doesn't really work for me, and that really surprised me because I never had that experience of it before. And I'm just, I'm looking at the IMDb right now, and you no, know, sometimes you look at an IMDb description, and sometimes it's just incorrect, and it's funny. In this case, it's correct, and it's funny. Like, this is how, like, if you were to read this synopsis, you would be like, that sounds ridiculous. And what it says is, a secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath who can only be stopped by two teenagers and a group of psychics. And all of that is accurate to the movie. But, like, if I just read that, I'll be like, I don't want to watch that shit. That sounds fucking terrible. Like, that sounds ridiculous. And it like, still sounds more cohesive than the movie that we got. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that makes more sense to me than what I was actually watching mm-hmm. play out. It 
does. The one thing I think as I'm watching it this time, the one thing I really did like still is kind of the world building aspect of hmm. Neo Tokyo. Like that stuff still works in you know, it's interesting. You brought this up before, like kind of the difference in watching this. If you were living in Japan as a teenager then versus sure. you in your 30s now. And it makes me wonder, like for you, do you have the same reaction to something like a Godzilla movie, like an old Godzilla movie? Because that is kind of playing on a lot of the same themes, right? About like this kind of world cat- world ending cataclysmic event right. and w- the impact that that has and the impact that we have on the world around us and how power unchecked will corrupt and will do terrible things. So do you have a similar reaction to those movies or is it somehow different? Completely different. You want to take a guess why? Uh, I don't know, because you're easily amused by <laughs> giant lizards? Like, what is the... That's right. I love big things, just smacking around other things that are smaller than them. Uh, no, I grew up watching those uh, ah, 60s, okay. the 60s and 70s Godzilla films. And so, as a, 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 I don't know, a six or seven or eight year, year old kid, um, I would watch the marathons. So, Godzilla, you know, uh, versus okay. King Ghidorah, um, Mothra... Uh, you know, King Kong, you know, that movie wasn't great. None of them are great. Uh, Mechagodzilla, all of those <laughs> things. Uh, in those years, I was really super invested. And so even now, and this is going to sound silly, but even now there are moments because I, I kind of like to play random themes in my, my house. If I'm like cleaning or I'm just doing whatever I'm doing, playing with the kid. Your uh, poor I, wife. I, just... I, she hates it. She she absolutely hates it. I will turn on like the <laughs> Godzilla theme. Uh, from from time to time, and I'll just play it just for the just for the comfort of it, right? I feel cocooned in a, in a safe place of of the seven year old me, and so there's the difference, right? Like I can watch those movies even now. I can watch a silly scene where an alien sends down three headed King Ghidorah to fight Godzilla, and I have this moment of nostalgia. Um, mm. If I had never seen those films, I would think how most normal people would think if you were presented with especially those films from that era um sure. were they even less realistic you would get up and walk out of the room right they're they're absolute trash um but you have right. that connection to it one thing that you said that i think really made this watch difficult for me was the anticipation of something really cool to happen to make up for the scenes that i didn't particularly enjoy and i never really felt like i got that that overall payoff, even the climax, um, I was mm. left disappointed. And it reminds me of my defense of um, uh, Unforgiven. Uh, I was on another podcast and I was talking about Unforgiven and why I liked that film so much. And I think uh, the co-host had, had said something like, you know, you, you kind of feel like you're just waiting for Clint Eastwood to really fall into the bottle and become William Money. And there are particular times that you're kind of just bored waiting on that, that mm. fall. Um, and for me, it makes that one of my favorite Westerns because you get that, that ultimate payoff where he's just lost his mind and he's just going to shoot up the entire saloon because you pissed him off. And it, even if there are other parts of the movie that can be problematic at times, obviously it's a much better film than Akira, but at least I have, I have that payoff to look forward to no matter how many times I watch it. And I feel like with this particular film, I never really get the high that I was looking for when I see the cover art, right? Like when mm-hmm. I'd say I needed to see this film for the past 20 or so years, I never have that moment where I'm like, oh, at least this part was worth it. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. hit me like that. 
So do you feel like this, you know, because you mentioned like the cover art and things like that. And this is like this is one of those films that's like well known for its visual flair. Right. Mm. So I can understand how if it didn't impact you, you're like, fuck, man, this is I was looking forward to this. I was looking forward to being wowed. Do you feel like this is something that's like better in stills than it is in motion? Um, And what is what do you think that disconnect is about for you? What is what is it like? Can you pinpoint like, okay, this is why it didn't wow me. Like I was expecting something bigger, something brighter, something flashier. Like what's the what's the disconnect for you? You know, it's funny that you asked this question because it's something I was already thinking about while we've been talking. And I think it really comes down to there isn't this, uh, I, I guess my expectation was I want to see some really awesome, uh, you know, fight scene. I know this sounds really silly, right? But I, you know, with, with, you know, an anime, you kind of expect these long, drawn out, really badass, um, mm. you know, going toe to toe for 30 minutes. Uh, you've built me up to, you know, the, you know, I want to see Akira. Uh, I, I want to see, you know, if Akira is going to embody or take over one of these kids' bodies. Um, is Tetsuo going to be any more badass than just like wearing this cape? Um, I'm, and that I'm ex- horrible haircut, like that the, horrible, horrible oof, haircut. His, you know, Tetsuo and bed hair is something to be feared, I guess. And <laughs> it, it never, it never hit for me like that. To your point though about steals, and I was talking about this with gifts. I even have a couple gifts from the movie that I saved on my phone because in just just looking at it as it is, without thinking about the plot or where the movie's going, I'm like oh, that's that's visually that's cool. Um, and, and maybe this is a testament to me needing at least two things to really get me excited about film. It can't just be the visual. I need a, the visuals and maybe a little bit more cohesive of a plot or the visuals sure. and for me to care a little bit more about the, you know, the main characters here or the visuals and a really awesome climactic scene that I don't feel like is just kind of a mess of, of those, those very same visuals, right? right. Like, like a lot of the applause is, is about, oh, can you believe what they were able to accomplish when you look at this palette? My God, it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is. But I, <laughs> but I really want something to make sense along the way. Right. Um, and I think it also runs into a problem that a lot of, you know, whether you're talking about animated films or superhero films, I think it runs into a problem that a lot of them have is because of the way they've gone, they've made Tetsuo so overpowered that there's no way he can be defeated Except in a really, in a really strange way where nothing makes sense, right? Where everyone kind of disappears into the ether, um, because you can't make a believable sequence where Canada ends up beating him hand to hand. Like that's clearly not going to happen. So it seems like they wrote themselves into a corner a little bit um, with this. It's like okay, now we got to do something fucking crazy to like fix this because like there's no way one person or even nine people can stand up to this monstrous force. And right. normally you see that in like sequels, right? Like normally you right. would see that in not Dragon Ball Z season one, but, and this is coming from someone who doesn't know much about it, but like the, you know, the third or fourth season, now someone is so, as they call them, OP, that you have to have mm-hmm. something even more advanced or, or a, absurd or ridiculous to be able to counteract that. This happens right. in horror movies, right? Especially yes. like, uh, serial, you know, not, not really serial killers, I guess, but, uh, all the baddies in horror movie franchises where, okay, how are we going to bring back, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger for Nightmare on Elm Street part four? Well, he's in a, you know, his body remains around a junkyard and a dog pees on it and becomes <laughs> right. inflamed and he comes back. That, and that is legitimately how he comes back. I wish that know? was a joke, but that is a real thing. It, 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 it absolutely. <laughs> Right, like it is the real thing, or um, 
Friday the 13th Part 7. Um, a young girl accidentally thinks she's bringing her dead father back from his watery grave. And she, you know, she has telekinesis. Because, of course, at this point, you can't be of course she does. And she brings Jason back by accident. And so you get to the point that, you know, the audience is like, listen, I I'm, I can give you a little bit. I can suspend a little bit. But right. now it's like, whoa, this is this is just too, too much. much. It's too much. Yeah. And this was the first film. And I think for people right. just going into it, like we were saying, for them who had never seen anything like this before, it's amazing. Um, right. So I don't want right. to take anything away from all the folks, uh, all the fanboys that uh, you know have have said this is the greatest anime ever um, of all, you know, or of all time. I could understand how you would feel that way, particularly you know, depending should on be when you watched. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. totally agree. And I want to kind of like I think we want to wrap up, but I want to kind of end on something positive about this movie. I don't know if you'll be able to do that, but I'm going to give you something positive. So one of the choices that I really, really love about this is the bit where he kind of creates an arm out of machinery. Hmm. Um, and I think it, I think it's a really nice, I mean, one, it looks fucking cool. Like most yeah. of everything else in this movie. Um, it's badass, right? You got this fucking cybernetic arm. That's fucking cool. Uh, but also I think it's kind of symbolic of this, of his humanity leaving more and more. Right. So it's like he's been basically experimented upon and, you know, changed in some way and he's been attacked and he's been on the run. Um, and then this is the moment for me where it's like he fully breaks bad, you know, to use that term where it's like, OK, there's no turning back now. And now he is truly the villain because I think it's an interesting film in the way that it deals with the nature of evil, that there's not there's not a specific moment where you're like, boom. He's evil now. He's a monster. But as you look back on it, you can see these little, little moments where you're like, oh, yeah, here it comes. And that moment where he creates that arm out of essentially nothing is the moment for me where I'm like, oh, yep, okay, no more humanity in Tetsuo. He is fully gone to the dark side. And now, oh. you know, now he's kind of untouchable and unbeatable because he's not even certain parts of it, at least, are not even flesh and bone anymore. Right. How do you attack something that is pure machinery that he can form and reform to his own will so i like that bit um but i think after that for me the movie very much goes downhill uh which was really it was really kind of in a way kind of a depressing watch because i haven't watched this god probably in like 15 years like i've had copies of this forever it's one of those movies that like well i have to have a copy of akira like i'll just keep that on the shelf and then realize before this like man i haven't watched that in a long fucking time um, and I just actually recently rebought it because they released it on 4K and all that good stuff. And it looks great. You know, it looks it looks fantastic. But like that last man, that last 25 minutes. ooh, it's kind of a slug, which is strange because it's nothing but action in that mm-hmm. last 25 minutes. But it is kind of like, again, you talk about the OP nature of it, the overpowered nature of this character. And there's not a lot of risk in that moment. And again, you don't even care about his friend anymore. Like who gives a shit? So if he dies, like, and he's the one who's really at risk and I'm stuck thinking like, I guess what's the, what's the most violent, cool way for him to die. That's what I'm thinking. Instead of like, yeah. Ooh, I hope he's okay. Cause right? not really Which all that I, likable as you're saying. Like no. he's, he's not an incredibly likable character. And the climax is a lot of, and this is kind of you know, tailored to, to some, some elements of, of Japanese art and cinema, body horror, Right, like, uh, yeah. you know, the, and I, I've never really been one that gravitates necessarily to, towards that. <laughs> you did mm-hmm. mention that the 
you know, as uh, Tetsuo is kind of losing his humanity, becoming more machine, it makes me realize how much they just bit off of George Lucas and Star Wars. That's really what this comes down to. So we don't have to hear anything else about Hidden Fortress and any of that nonsense coming before Star Wars, because now we know Akira, as Dave said, bit off of George Lucas. Makes yeah, that's, def- that's definitely what I said. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's interesting you bring up body horror. I really like body horror. Like, I'm repulsed by it, but also I'm like, man, this is... Like, it's something incredible to watch. Um, and I, I think it's something that has a visceral reaction. And I don't know if it's just because this is animated or because, as you mentioned, you know, not the characters on Super Likeable. You don't really care about them. I think sure. body horror really has an impact when it's a character you like, right? When you're watching The Fly, for instance. Mm. You spend the first 25, 30, 45 minutes of that movie getting to know Jeff Goldblum's character and right. liking him and liking the relationship he has with Gina Davis's character. So when all this bad stuff starts to happen, you're like, oh, no, this is awful. I I almost don't want to watch this. It's so uncomfortable. Whereas this is like, okay, what what cool <laughs> fucked up thing is going to happen? All right. I guess we're doing that now, right? So you don't, again, that lack of connection, I think, really, right. really harms it. So if you get anywhere out of the realm of, like, I want to see cool shit, mm-hmm. I think this movie kind of falls apart. Uh, and that was kind of sad uh, to kind of rewatch it that. that way. But the, the film I can compare it to, um, for me, uh, is Sin City. Because hmm. when Sin City came out, uh, I think it was like 05 or something like that. I was a freshman in college. I was 17. And it was one of those, kind of like what you were saying with Donnie Darko, like everyone in my age group had had seen it. It was something that like I would have the the DVD menu on uh, the little CRT TV in my dorm room. And I would just uh-huh. let, you know, the, the theme play while like, taking a nap. Like I, I was you know, yeah. obsessed I remember with that. that menu. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Uh-huh. Ex- mm-hmm. Yeah, like you loved everything um, about it. And it's funny because maybe like a year or two ago, um, I got a wild hair and I was like, oh, you know what, I'm going to watch Sin City. It's been, you know, 10 or 12 years. And I asked my wife, I said, yeah, uh, you want to see one of the movies that really kind of kickstarted, um, you know, some of these comic book films, not in like the Spider-Man X-Men universe, but just kind of this darker, grittier take. And she was like, ah, uh, I guess. And we, <laughs> we put it in. And I, I if that ain't like, marriage, man. Yes. Uh, all talk right. About the, the concessions. Um, five minutes in, I was embarrassed. Like, yeah. I was, yeah, like, I was like, oh man, I really wish I had like, Cause she kept looking at me and I was like, listen, I know, I know, I yellow know. bastard, like, this is, this is, this is not that great of a movie, like, by any stretch. But 17 year old me would have told 33 year old me, you're yep. in for a ride, right? You're in right. for a treat. And it just didn't hit the same way. So, I, mean, I love this idea of, like, old Derek judging his teenage self. Like, you fucking idiot. What's I knew, wrong I've with you? That 17-year-old yes. me knew that, that he was an idiot as well. But uh, right. still just kind of leaned into to some of those, those those likes and those enjoyments a little bit more. And now yep. I'm a, a little bit more embarrassed by them, yep. I guess. Yep. That comes with age. Welcome to Akira, it. great movie. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, uh, good if you like uh, nothing but visuals and movies that don't make sense. Uh, but if you like a cohesive plot, maybe not the movie for you. So take that take that for what you will. Thought you were going to end on a high note there. Well, you know, I got I got to ruin it like I do everything else. Um So, Derek, what are what are you going to make me watch? What is your revenge for Akira? <laughs> uh let's see. So, for you, uh, and I think um I had alluded to it at some earlier point. Um but uh, I think we had talked about you watching Stepford Wives. 
Yeah, Sip for Pops, the original. We're not talking about the Nicole Kidman uh, remake. Uh, no, we don't have any use for that. So from your list, uh, the 1975 classic 70s film, um, Sip for the Wives. Okay, I will be the judge of that in our next episode. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at YourListPod. Uh, same at on Instagram, where we'll post uh, some stills from the movies we are watching. Maybe some great stills from Akira, which is how it should have stayed, according to Derek. Um, so be sure to follow us there. And in two weeks, uh, we will have an episode on 1975, The that's right. Just sit back. You're you're the talent. Just just relax. <laughs> yeah. Just color color commentary. Here I am. Too many jokes. There, I'm just gonna. There you go. Just gonna leave yep. that one alone. Yeah, I was just on a platter. <laughs>